It's time now for the Bob Siegel Show, a religious open forum where all questions are welcome. The Bob Siegel Show is brought to you in part by on-camera and voiceover talent rodhunter.com and the law offices of Matthew Simone. And now, here's your host, Christian apologist Bob Siegel. Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show, our theme, Christianity and its relationship to politics and pop culture. Good to be joined one final time this year, not the final time, but final time this year, by my good friend Jim Barrier. Jim, Merry Christmas. I think this will be the last time I talk to you before the Christmas holidays finish off. I think you're right, and Merry Christmas to you and to uh, everybody listening to the program. That was one fast year. I got to say, it just seems like it flew by, but... Um, Not fast enough have... if we could get to the next election, <laughs> and if it could be a fair election and not a fixed election, a lot of ifs. <laughs> you ask a lot. I'll talk to Santa Claus and see what he's got in yeah, his Yeah, well, back. it's the season for asking for miracles, and that's what it will take for them to not fix yeah. the other one. Why not cheat again? It worked before. I don't know. You know, I agree with you on so many of those things. And the day's going to come when it's against the law to say that. Yeah. They've literally charged Trump. One of the four criminal cases against Trump is that his claiming that the 2020 election was fixed led to the riots on January 6th. Yeah, yeah. There's so much about that. And I wanted to lead with this statement as I was... uh we were headed to church this morning and just thinking about the Christmas story and all of the, the, the great passages, uh, especially in Matthew and Luke, which tell the Christmas story. And I thought about when the shepherds were out tending their sheep, and an angel appeared, and it says they were sore afraid. They they were so scared it hurt. They were sore afraid. And the angel says, fear not. And I just felt like that was a, a phrase I wanted to seize right now, because there's so much uncertainty in the world. There's so many things going on, and I just felt like to reassure myself, encourage myself with the words, Fear not. You know, actually, there are hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of Bible verses that say fear not or something that equates to that. And I think the reason for that is because our tendency is to be afraid of our surroundings, of uncertainty in the future. And it's just kind of a human thing to head toward fear. And I think faith is intended to nullify that. And so I think that's why the scripture says so many times, fear not. And so in the Christmas story, you see that, fear not. It's also, you know, the angel basically said that to Joseph when he appeared to him in a dream about the whole situation with Mary. And so I think it would be good encouragement to everybody out there. I just want to say to you, fear not, because we're going to talk about some issues here, as we usually do on the show, but don't let fear control you, and don't let people use fear to control you. So... Having said that, here we are. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We usually do this since I've been on your show for a few years now. The last show that I get to be on in the year, in in December, kind of like to wrap up some of the things that have taken place in 2023, and then maybe look ahead to what we might expect for 2024. 
And you've already hit on a few of them, but we're just going to go through here an item at a time and talk about it. Now, the big news stories, I think, this past year, most of them are still going on. You mentioned the Trump indictment and the attack on the former president. That's still ongoing. The Ukraine war, the war between Ukraine and Russia is is still a problem. The Hamas attack on Israel, we're still dealing with that situation over there. Those are three big items that have been taking place in this past year. I don't know if we're going to see closure or when on these things. And of course, our government gets involved in deciding who they're going to spend money on and who they're going to support. And I think historically, sometimes they flip-flop. They'll They'll send support to one side and then support to another. There's just a lot of controversy about all of these things. I don't know how much we should be involved in the war between the Ukraine and the Soviet Union or Russia or whoever they are now. (laughs) I don't know. On the other hand, I wish we were more involved in helping Israel. You know, and just on that Israel thing, and I know you've talked a lot about it recently, but just so I can give some of my expression about this, Israel was attacked. They did not start this. And Hamas is not a nation. It is not a a recognized people group. It's a terrorist organization. And I don't, for the life of me, understand why Americans, particularly sometimes Jewish Americans even, don't back Israel and don't understand this was, their response was a provocation, an attack by terrorists. And they're defending themselves. And somehow the media and the leftists and the crazy people screaming in the streets have twisted it to make it look like Israel is the attacker. And uh, Which we said would happen. There was a lot of sympathy for Israel back in October. And I came on the air and I said, it's going to quickly diminish. As soon as Israel goes out and does retaliations, they will be made to look like the aggressor. Now, some of those campus riots were saying that right from the start. But it's increasing. And the Biden administration is putting pressure on Israel to do this surgical response, stuff that we would not be doing if we were in a war. No. So it's just, it's crazy stuff, but there is a lot of craziness in the world. And again, I'm going to say, fear not. And we've talked about this. My opinion is the emotions and the sentiment and the the things that people, bandwagons people jump on are very much emotionally led. There's not a lot of logic or reason in some of these things, and there's a lot of emotionalism. And of course, that can happen on any side of an argument. But I think Israel is pretty committed, with or without (laughs) the support of the U.S. or anybody else. I think they're going to stay the course until their goal is accomplished, and that is to eliminate Hamas. Now, I didn't print it up here tonight. I did post it on Facebook. But in 1983, 40 years ago, Bob Dylan wrote a song called Neighborhood Bully. And it's about Israel. And it's amazing. It's prophetic. And the things that he says in there. So if those of you that are music buffs, go look up Neighborhood Bully. It's on the Infidels album by Bob Dylan in 1983. But he just, he details what's going on right now. Pretty amazing. Has he given commentary in the present on this war? Have you heard from Dylan recently on this? He's been pretty silent about everything in recent years, and I think he does that because he knows that people are very quick to attack, very quick to judge, or to misinterpret the things that he says. But I can promise you that he is pro-Israel. And I can also say this, there's a whole lot of stuff, you know, at one point he attended a bar mitzvah. He is, he is he Jewish is, himself, isn't he, Dylan? He, he is, but he is a, he is a Christian. 
Oh, that's right. He converted to Christianity. Yeah, and he did not relent from that. People have said, oh, he backslid and he became a Zionist or whatever. None of that is true. And it's pretty well documented. Yeah, I remember now he came out with that song, You've Got to Serve Someone, right after he was converted. Oh, he did. You've got to serve someone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Bob. No, and he still, every concert he does, he still does songs from those gospel albums. He did three albums in the late 70s. He still does the material from that. And in the rare interviews that he gives, he is very much still committed. He just has never, ever wanted to be anybody's poster boy. And immediately the church wanted to jump on it and make money off of him and, and use him. And But he was very prophetic in 1983 about that issue. Another, the Trump situation is still churning. We'll see what comes out of that. You know, it seems the more... <laughs> The more they attack Donald, the stronger he gets in his support and the, the polls and stuff. Yeah, but, but that won't make uh, any difference. These judges that are hearing the cases have already made up their minds. They will sure find they him have. guilty, yeah. period. Yeah, They can appeal yeah. it. We'll see what happens on appeal, but they're going to find him guilty. Yeah. They already found him guilty before they heard one piece of evidence. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, so much of the justice system is out of whack these days, though there are some good things. And I mentioned to you about my friend Alan Parker and the the Justice Foundation, and they were very instrumental in, in overturning Roe v. Wade. So that was a good thing that came out of the Supreme Court. But, you know, it used to be you were innocent until proven guilty. Wasn't there some kind of rhetoric like that at some time? I don't know. Yeah, uh, somewhere in that piece of paper called the Constitution. Yeah. Well, and you they know, don't have those funny. words in there like that, but it's implied. Yeah. Well, and I think that there are people that would love to do away with the Constitution, and they try. So those things are going on. And then there was another incident that happened in this past year, and it was Bud Light produced and released. Oh, yeah, they really had their thinking caps on that day, didn't they? Well, not really, and, and <laughs> so much so. There was such a backlash that we now have the term Bud Lighted. They use that term. They say Bud Lighted. This happened recently again with Target. Target just does not figure it out. And so has Target uh, figured out that they're losing so much money and they're ready to go out of business if they don't do something? They don't seem to be getting it. Bud Bud caught on no. right away. Target doesn't seem to be. No, no. They just they just continue pushing the agenda. The Disney Corporation has lost billions of dollars for going woke and trying to pander to, you know, the small minority of people that are pushing issues. And, well, people go after uh, the accolades they some, want. Yeah. Well, those are some of the stories from this past year that caught my attention and I'm still paying attention to, to see what's going to be the outcome. Now, something I like to do every year. Oh, are these is, going to be the sports mention, predictions? No, I'm going to mention celebrities who have passed. Oh, yes, year. yes. And I know Brendan does yeah. that a lot, too, as they happen. Yeah, yeah. And he'll probably think of something that I didn't mention, because I'm only mentioning people that I particularly am a fan of. But there's something that bugs me. On social media, I'll, you'll see a headline or something from a, some website, a news page, and they'll say, iconic musician dies, legendary actor and I'll look at it, somebody I never even heard of. <laughs> I'm just wondering when they passed the law that celebrities have to die in threes. Why couldn't they have died in fours and okay. fives? I did a piece on that not long, well, a couple of years ago, because people get kind of really weird and superstitious about that. And the fact is, most of these names I'm going to mention are people that have lived past the average lifespan in this country or the United Kingdom. And so it just happens to be those, those people were in that age group. So 
I don't. Well, yeah, I I, and it's not that. superstition with me. It's just an observation. But I remember Ed McMahon, Farrah yeah. Fawcett, and Michael Jackson yeah. died on the same day. And the big news yeah. was the first two. The moment Michael Jackson died, you didn't hear a word about Farrah Fawcett or Ed McMahon again on the news. Well, and there's a reason for that. Michael Jackson actually had a very impressive body of work. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, face it, Ed McMahon was famous for being a sidekick <laughs> to uh, celebrities. You're hired to sit uh, on the couch and laugh at Carson, whether he's funny or not. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> so there's another guy like that. I didn't have him on my list here, but David Crosby is a musician, passed away this year. But David Crosby was famous for getting in a band with actual real musicians. I don't know that he really did much himself, but he was in some really good bands. So, but let's go. I'm going to back up. We're going to start with people in the political arena. Just a handful of them. Henry Kissinger, at the age of 100, passed away. We all remember him. Like him or not, he was he was larger than life. Boy, he really was in the press a lot. Rosalind Carter, Jimmy Carter's wife, passed away. And again, I'm not. I wasn't a big Jimmy Carter fan. No, but that's sad uh, that his wife passed away. Yeah, it is. But she's 96. And so it's not like it was something, wow, he died in her prime. Well, she was 96. Pat Robertson, you remember him? TV evangelist turned. I had not heard that Pat Robertson passed away. When was this? Was it just recently or a while ago? Uh, I mean, I know it was this year sometime. I had not heard that. I had not heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think he made a mistake running for president personally. And of course, he wasn't successful, but he was 93. And also 93, Sandra Day O'Connor, Supreme Court Justice. So these are people in their 90s and beyond, Henry Kissinger, 100. But those are some people that in my lifetime were certainly important people. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in the music world. Now, we're going to get in, this is going to be in my wheelhouse, and I'm just going to talk about some of my favorite artists that passed away, because there were many. Tina Turner. The queen of rock and roll died at the age of 83. And then three of my favorite guitarists, and you're not going to recognize any of these names probably. Uh, You might, but Jeff Beck, probably my favorite guitarist of all time in rock music. A fellow named Ian Berenson that no one's ever heard of. He was in a group called Pilot from Scotland. They had that song Magic. And then he did almost all the guitar work for the Alan Parsons Project. And then Robbie Robertson of the band. And well, you're right. That was three for three. I'd never heard of any of them. But again, this is well, your wheelhouse. Are, they, three of my favorite musicians passed away. And then here's some you have heard of. Tony Bennett, God bless him, 96 years old, never seemed to become irrelevant. He was doing recordings with contemporary artists up until this past year. He was a great... Great talent, leader. lousy political commentator. But yes, we'll, most, we'll give him kudos for his talent. Are. Most of these, the musicians and actors that I like, most of them I don't agree with politically. That's why Laura Ingram wrote her book, Shut Up and Sing. Yeah, exactly. Harry Belafonte, who was actually the answer to one of the uh, Stump Jim Barrier things one time. Another great actor who's got a big mouth politically and doesn't know what he's talking about, or did. But he was a great artist. Great artist. Absolutely. We'll give him that. Now, here's one that I don't know if you'll remember, but Astrid Gilberto, she sang The Girl from Ipanema. Okay, know the song, know the song, but I never knew the name of the artist. That was a, yeah, that song used to be played all the time. 
Yeah, with Stan Getz on, on the sax. And then Burt Bacharach, great, great Oh, I, now I was a huge Bacharach fan. I thought he had yeah, a very yeah. unique... He worked with the lousiest lyricist in the world, Hal David, <laughs> but his music, and if you get the albums where he's he just playing the music instrumentally and you're not yeah. hearing a lot of the... Like, yeah. Very creative music, very beautiful tunes. I was a huge, huge Burt Bacharach fan. And there's so many pop yeah. hits we could name that he was the oh. author of. Could probably name at least. Oh, uh, do you know the way to San Jose? Walk on by. What the world needs now is love. It just goes on and on and on. On and on and on. Another one. This is a Christian artist. His name is Milan Lefevre. He was in a gospel group. His family, the Singing Lefevres, and Milan decided he wanted to play rock and roll. He was a big Elvis fan, and so he put out a rock and roll album, which to this day is one of my all-time favorite Christian rock albums called We Believe. But he wasn't really serving God and. He ran into Andre Crouch one time at a convention, and Andre took him aside and said, there's something wrong with you, boy. And he, he took him and got him rehabbed, and, and he got his life cleaned up, and, and Milan became a minister. So Milan Lefevre loved his music. Speaking uh, of that, whatever I, became of Andre Crouch? Well, he passed away too, sadly, some years back. Then he took a bad rap for a lot of stuff. But I'll tell you what, I never... I. I only met him because I played on stage as the warm-up act before his group. The uh, I'm Big Crouch and the Disciples. I didn't know him really personally, but I have friends that were close to him. And he was a real good guy. He was, he was a believer. He served God. He became a celebrity, and so there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. But Andre was one of the early, early great musical influences for me. So there's some music people. And then quickly here, uh, sports figures. Jim Brown, the great running back in the NFL. Some say the greatest running back of all time. Some have even called him the greatest football player of all time. And he passed away at 87. Here's a controversial guy, but I love this guy. Bobby Knight, coach for the Indiana Hoosiers college basketball team. He he led his team to three championships and was the last team to go undefeated for the entire year. And the great thing about Bobby Knight is I can only name one player that people have even heard of that he coached in college. He didn't coach superstars. He took good players and made a great team out of them. Bobby Knight passed away. And then Dick Butkus, football player turned actor and did a lot of commercials and stuff, played a linebacker for the Bears, one of the greatest players of the old school when they used to play football and not throw a flag every time somebody breathed on you. Dick Butkus passed away at the age of 80. Our actors and actresses, I'm going to go through these. Raquel Welch, who was from San Diego, her name was Raquel Tejada. She did the weather report on Channel 8, and she was fairest of the fair at the Del Mar Fair. My favorite pinup girl as a teenager, had a huge crush on Raquel. Uh, David McCallum, one of my favorite actors, lately known because of his role as Ducky on NCIS, but he was Elia Kuryakin on The Man From U.N.C.L.E. The original Lois Lane, Phyllis Coates. Bob Barker, (laughs) (laughs) he passed away in 99. And then this guy, game show host, yeah. Joe Paul, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, Topal passed away. Oh, my goodness. I had not yeah, heard that one either. Yeah. Phenomenal actor. Yeah. Just phenomenal. He's a great actor. I love that guy. And he was Jewish, by the way. He was Jewish. Uh, he was Israeli. And he also starred in The Winds of War and War in Remembrance. He was very yeah. good in that, too. Well, he also played Hans Zarkov in Flash Gordon. I know. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> I don't scary. think I saw Flash Gordon. And he played a character called Columbo in For Your Eyes Only with Roger Moore as James Bond. And so he was a very versatile actor, very lovable 
personality to me. He just always came across as someone I was very fond of and would love to have had a sit down with him in conversation. So those are the film and TV personalities. There were many, many more, but those were some that I was particularly fond of that we've said goodbye to this year. We'll hold that thought then, because I know you have other things to say about what went on in this past year. You're listening to The Bob Siegel Show. Bob Siegel's novel, Push the Winds Around, is now available in both ebook and print copies. Check out this customer review from Amazon.com. Talk about a good read. Have you ever thought, if only God would allow me to go back in time to right my wrongs? What if I could change those decisions I made? What would be the outcome? Would the changes make a difference? If you have ever thought about that, then this book is your challenge. The story is so good you won't want it to end. You'll see why it deserves five stars. Bob Siegel, you've done it again. Can't wait for the sequel. Push the Winds Around, available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Did you ever see Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol? I did. I remember liking that as a kid, but then again, I, I haven't seen it. Mr. Magoo since the last time. I'm, and I know this is a terrible time to mention this. Well, yeah, last time I watched cool, it was but... watching Leslie Nielsen's version of Mr. Magoo, and <laughs> yeah, it's not. The, yeah. I know. I know. I saw good. the Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol for the first time last Christmas. All these really? years growing up, I'd heard about it every year and somehow never saw it. I loved it. And I also loved, you know, I haven't been able to, f- but I, I love the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a classic. classic. Yeah. Absolutely. You have, to, you have to get Apple TV now because they own the rights to it. And they don't show it. Okay. And they don't, and uh, they have their TV rights too, so they can't show it on television anymore. Too, You're so. kidding. Well, I have yeah. it on DVD, but I'm there, sure soon that. those DVDs are going to go <laughs> yeah. out of business soon take too, that, I'm sure. Apple. But this is among them. I, I don't know. We did one. our uh, favorite list last year. I saw you put that on the I podcast again. Yeah. In fact, we're going to replay that on the my uh, Saturday show next oh, week. Oh, fantastic. So you'll be over oh, the air again. Nice, nice. I get to complain about got, Grandma got run over by a reindeer again. Thanks. Yeah, and when you said Blue Christmas was one of your favorites, yes. I said I have a Blue Christmas every time I hear that song. Oh, no, I love that. I love that song. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, and I did listen to that, guys, when it was uh, recently posted a repeat. And I got to say, what child is this? And God rest ye merry gentlemen, maybe two of my favorites. Those uh, are really Christmas good ones. Songs. Mm-hmm. I agree. But what wasn't mentioned, and I think it's not only a great Christmas song, but it may be, for me, the greatest piece of music ever composed is the Hallelujah Chorus from Handel's Messiah. I can't have Christmas without hearing that several times. That's, that's a favorite with a lot of people. You know what my all-time favorite is, and it's a lesser-known carol. I have, over yeah. the years, from time to time, played it on the radio, and it is One Small Child. Uh, it's a beautiful, oh. beautiful song. And who do you have it by? Do you know the I don't know. Okay. I, I, they're usually artists that I'm not familiar with that are singing it, but it's an absolute beautiful carol. Uh, let me give one, and I will both be looking that up. That's right. I'll give one more <laughs> shout out too, because you mentioned about how like melodies sounding so yeah. good. I like how Gloria sounds when you sing Angels We Have Heard on High, when it's like a big chorus. The glow, yeah. that part, it's, yeah. it is so nice. I love hearing it in a church where it just reverberates everywhere. Yeah. It's very yeah. nice. Yeah, so the classic Christmas carols are great. And, well, if we have time at the end, I'm going to wrap up with one more Christmas song thing. But we wrapped up 2023. I want to talk a little bit about some projections, what may or may not happen in 2024. Now, it is an election year. And now I've said this for the last four elections, but this is 
one of the most important elections ever. <laughs> well, the last the, the last few have been, so it's fair yeah. to say that, and it's more intense each time. The stakes are higher yeah. each time. Yeah, and not only the presidential election, which is really critical, but this time, well, next year when we have the election, 33 Senate seats and all 435 House seats are up for grabs. That is a critical election. So we'll be praying about that whole thing. And as you've mentioned already, that there will be integrity and some degree of honesty, and it'll be a fair election. And I do believe in miracles. And so that could happen. And I would, I'd like to say also, and I've talked about this, I don't know if you agree, but if Donald Trump doesn't get the Republican ticket, or if RFK Jr. doesn't get the Democratic ticket, we could see an independent elected president if one of those two men doesn't get their party's nomination. That's just a thing to think about. And of course, how do you, how do you figure that? Seems to me it'd be almost impossible for, not that I wouldn't want to see that necessarily happen because I'm tired of the two party system, but I just don't see how that would play out. We were uh, talking about this last time because RFK Jr. was thinking about joining the no labels party. If you remember, he was a big Right. But what that does is split the democratic vote and give it to the Republicans. True. True. Well, the same thing until they ship in the Trump. votes for Biden past midnight, yeah. then they and, still win. And the same thing would happen if Trump ran independent, although I think he would take way more of the Republican vote. Yeah, Trump would uh, be making such so a mistake popular. if he runs independently. I just hope that he says he loves the country. I know, I know, we've talked about this before. Yeah, let's hope he loves the yeah. country enough to know that if he does that, he's handing it back to the Democrats because that's exactly let's what will happen. Let's hope that he does. So. In 2024, the following things will become public domain. These public publications, House at Pooh Corner becomes public domain, including the character Tigger, who's one of my all-time favorites. And I thought the books by A.A. Milne, I'm a huge fan of children's literature, I think, and that's among the brilliant ones. Absolutely. So House at Pooh Corner by A.A. Milne goes to public domain. So does Mickey Mouse in Steamboat Willie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but doesn't Disney continue renewing its trademark on Mickey Mouse because he's been in so many other cartoons? But the Mickey Mouse and Steamboat Willie will be open season. So go figure. I'm sure Disney's always changing. They've changed the rules several times because of that. And so they will probably find some way to not lose any... I mean, uh, well, all they have to all. do is claim that he identifies as Minnie Mouse, and then it's all open season <laughs> yeah, again. That's true. I, I was going to quickly mention uh, the actual character of Winnie yeah. the Pooh himself was public domain this year, and because well, because the first book was yeah. Winnie the Pooh, and then yes. the second book was The House yeah. of Pooh. Exactly, Corner. and you should have seen it. It was awful what they did with that character when it came to public domain. They made a horror movie of Winnie the Pooh. That You're makes no yeah, It's yeah. one of the oh worst things in the whole wide world. So yeah, yeah, and that's the danger. Exactly. Uh, Somebody out there is going, hey, these three wusses on the radio are talking about how they like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no class, no culture. And the other item that goes public domain is An American in Paris by George Gershwin. Great, great composer. And so that just means we're getting old is what that means. Yeah, well, the great MGM musicals, that was considered one of their best. And Singing in the Rain was my favorite. There you go. Well, The Wizard of Oz Uh, would be my favorite, but Singing uh, in the Rain, absolutely, too. Oh, I love Wizard of Oz. Something that I believe will happen in 2024, I think that generative AI, artificial intelligence, is going to advance at a profound rate to science fiction levels. And the danger in that is disinformation and deep fakes on the Internet. They can create something where it's someone that you think you know who it is saying things that they never really said. 
And I think you're going to see this thing just escalate and get out of control. Well, yeah, and Elon Musk very appropriately has been trying to warn people that we shouldn't be giving He's that been much control for over years it. Yeah. about that. Here's, here's Obviously, a, they've uh, never watched 2001 or the Terminator movies. <laughs> yeah, any of those. Goodness. The machines, <laughs> fear the machines. People. The moment the machines uh, start talking like Arnold, people will know something's up. Well, yeah, they'll try not to let that happen because that's a dead giveaway. I cannot write a good poem about Donald Trump. I can only write a good poem about Joe Biden. <laughs> I love the way they turned him into a good guy in the sequels. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, Gibson is supposedly going to release The Passion of the Christ Resurrection. The sequel to the film that he did was such a great oh, film. Oh, those cheap yeah. sequels where the hero dies in one movie and they bring him back to life in the next movie. Come on, Mel. Come on, Mel. We've all seen that That's sequel great. formula. Yeah, sure. Resurrection. Okay. Well, on that note, we will resurrect our show when we come right back. Reader enthusiasm for the dangerous Christmas ornament doesn't end. Check out this customer review from Amazon.com. Anytime I read a book where I want to find out what happens in the next chapter all the way to the last page of the book is a great book. This is the experience you and your children will have reading the dangerous Christmas ornament. I read the whole thing in a short time despite a busy schedule. The interesting plot lines has the flavor of realism because the author is writing from his own childhood experiences and ours as well. You will relate to the authentic family dynamics and the playground trials and triumphs described in the book. The book will also make you laugh as some of the characters have a great sense of humor delivering good-natured jokes mixed with a dose of sarcasm. Most importantly, the book throughout has a moral dimension to it that takes it to a deeper level, making it a preferred selection to read to your kids. Enjoy! The Dangerous Christmas Ornament, available in bookstores and libraries. Welcome back to the Bob Siegel Show. Jim, we have one more segment together this year of 2023. Okay. Every year I make predictions, and I think I'm batting zero on most of them, but I just 
We would be disappointed if you did it. Other, <laughs> and I would just want to say, some of the sports athletes that are listening to the radio are like, "Oh my gosh, Jim, don't do it! Don't do it, Jim!" <laughs> don't do it. It's, it's like the uh, the Sports Illustrated curse. <laughs> Jim, stick to the stump, Jim Barrier. Don't go into this yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. I'm gonna roll through these. I believe that Oppenheimer will win Best Picture at the Oscars, which you and I don't watch anymore. But I think there's now. I have could, heard that that's could, a good movie, though. I do want to see that film. Yeah. But they could throw us a curve and give it to the Barbie movie. I don't know. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> Michigan will win the college football championship. And these, these sports ones here now, I have picked over a month ago. And now they seem to be lining up looking pretty good. But I've been picking Michigan for weeks now. Too bad the Michigan can't pick a governor, but I digress. Well, yeah. The Super Bowl will be won by the San Francisco 49ers. And every week that pick looks stronger and stronger and stronger. The NCAA Men's Division I Basketball Championship will be won by the Purdue Boilermakers. That's a strange name for a team, but that's what they are. But let me just double check. Uh, Didn't they lose to a 16 seed last year, which has yes, never yes, been done did. besides once? So I don't know. Yeah, that was the second, actually the second time that it ever happened, but they got bounced. Yep. Uh, and their star player decided to come back for one more year because it was disappointing for him. And he's tough. Edie is his name. And, you know, the Big Ten doesn't fare well in that tournament. They usually send maybe eight teams to the tournament, and they all lose. But I think Purdue this year is going to break that chain. As for the People's Republic of the NBA, uh, <laughs> I don't care. I think they should hold their title game in Tiananmen Square. I <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big fan of the NBA lately. But I will say this. San Antonio Spurs rookie, Victor Wimbanyama, is just setting the world on fire. And he's 19 years old, so it, it's going to take him a couple of years to mature. But he's already breaking records and doing things that nobody's ever done. So he's fun to watch. But the Spurs are absolutely terrible. So don't look for anything out of them for a couple of years. Now, as for baseball, Brandon, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. But here it goes. The last time the Giants stole a manager from the Padres, it was Bruce Bochy, who went on to lead the Giants to three World Series titles. This year, they hired Bob Melvin away from the Padres. Yes, I'm picking the Giants to upset the world and win the World Series. How's that for a shocker? Uh, well, keep in mind, who did Bruce Bochy have on his team? He had the guy that was on steroids there. Uh, oh, my gosh. Now I'm blanking oh, on not, no, oh. don't, don't start whining. Oh, okay, start okay. Whining. My, and, my, and I regret. I, you know, I was going to say you were going to do something even worse, but I would have agreed with you totally no. on it, which was, you know, yeah. the certain other blue yeah, team. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. They're going to crash and burn. I'm going to I'm gonna uh, hit the uh, dump button if we say that team's name. Let me tell you. <laughs> Now, that means that I'm predicting that teams from San Francisco will win Super Bowl and the World Series in the same calendar year, which hasn't happened. Since Maybe they'll celebrate by getting rid of all that, as the delegate way of saying it, <laughs> off of their streets. Oh, 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 oh needles. Well, no, I was <laughs> thinking news. of the other thing I that I probably can't say over the air. I know what you're saying. Well, feces. Uh, anyways, so I, can, I can say feces over the air. It makes you want to use the full yes, word, though. Yeah, yeah, you can. So those are my predictions for the year. Uh, if I got a couple of minutes here, I want to tell a story. Now bring it back to music and Christmas. And I just want to share this with you. Uh, there was uh, a young man named Isaac Watts, who as a teenager, this is in the 1600s, complained to his father 
about the quality of music in church. He was not inspired. He was not happy with it. And so his father said, well, then write something better. And he went on to compose some 750 hymns. Uh, He's the father of the hymnal. So he was the composer of the music that today's generation complains about in church. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) That's my point. But he, one of the things that he wrote was the most published hymn in North America. And that's because White Christmas is not a hymn. And these are the words to the hymn that he wrote. It's inspired by Psalm 98. I'm just going to read this to you. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Joy to the World, written by Isaac Watts, I think is one of the greatest Christmas songs. Yeah, and we sometimes forget that some of these Christmas carols were written as hymns, and even the hymns whose tunes I don't like, and I love Joy to the World, but even the ones whose tunes I don't like, I must say the lyrics are so much superior and have so much more depth than a lot of today's praise songs where we sing more about our posture. We lift up our hands, we stand on our heads, we give you the honor, we give you the praise. I mean, I can understand why musically some people might not like the old hymns, but lyric-wise, a lot of depth. Oh, great theology, and a lot of the hymns were written by theologians, and that's part of the reason for that. They had solid, solid messages, the gospel throughout. The lyrics I just read to you, that is the gospel, and it's a great Christian uh, Christmas song, Joy to the World, but it is the gospel that Jesus came to be the Savior, to, to save us from sin. That's the message about Christmas. This baby was born, but he was born to be a Savior Unto us a child is born, a Savior is given. And the angel said, fear not, fear not, because there is coming one who is going to be the Messiah, the promised one, the Savior of the world, and that's what the message of Christmas is. You know, we talked about the Charlie Brown Christmas story, and I cannot read that passage without hearing it in Linus' Linus, voice. That's what Christmas (laughs) is all about, Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah, it's a a classic. Come to us uh, is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Yeah, and then Charles Schultz got away with putting that on. Oh, I know, and the network executives went ballistic. They did not want that in a CBS television special. Okay, well, Jim, my friend, I will see you in the new year. And ladies and gentlemen, I will be taking some time off from Christmas. But as always, the Bob Siegel Show will still air. As you know, we have some annual Christmas specials that we like to replay. And I will see you for a brand spanking new show the first week of January. Until then, this is Bob Siegel making the obvious obvious.
The Bob Siegel Show is sponsored in part by the Law Offices of Matthew Simone.